Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Thursday, February 24th, 2022. One of the true joys of, of doing analyst work um, uh, is coming across new startup companies that have the potential of disrupting legacy markets. Joining me for today's podcast is two of two senior execs from Ember, a, a new company whose mission is disrupting and expanding the vacation home market by making it more accessible and mainstream. Please welcome Kurt Averell, Ember CEO, and Jeff Lyman, the company's chief executive officer to the pop uh, to the podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Mark. Great to be here. Uh, I appreciate your, your uh, coming on the podcast because when I was briefed on this um, a couple of days ago, you know, my initial reaction was this is going to be something really, really hot, and uh, so you guys are going to be riding riding a, a bronco, so to speak, when this thing when when uh, the news about this gets out there. What I, what I typically like to do, though, before I we get into the meat of the questions, I like to really kind of ask each of you guys, you know, a little talk about a little about your backgrounds you know, the pedigree of the company, because it has a very uh, impressive um, investor pedigree, which does make a, a big difference when new um, startups like kind of, you know, announce their intention to come to market. So with that, let me bring up a slide here that will kind of show, there we go. Uh, we'll start with you, Kurt. Let's talk about your background. You know, you're the big guy there, CEO, but uh, let's uh, talk about your background and, uh, you know, your view of the company. Yeah, so my formal training is actually um, as an attorney. So I started in Manhattan in New York City uh, more than 10 years ago at a large white shoe law firm called Milbank Tweed. Um, a super interesting time to be on Wall Street during the 2008 you know, crisis. <laughs> and, uh, um, but had a, and had a great experience there, but ended up leaving to go kind of pursue my dream of getting into tech and, and being an entrepreneur. And uh, so I've been in tech for about you know just a little over 10 years uh, the last company that i started is a company called canopy which focuses on um automation uh, for accountants um that that company has been very successful and and um and i'm now you know working with my co-founders and and the rest of the team at ember to bring kind of the next uh the next generation of vacation home ownership to the united states and then across across the world uh, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm a West Coast kid from Portland, Oregon. Um, my background is all in digital and uh, consumer experience and lifestyle brands. I was 10 years at Nike, and, you know, doing things like building fitness apps and, uh, you know, custom shoe builders and e-commerce products uh, all over the world. And then I spent seven years at Vivint Smart Home, which is the second yes. largest residential security and smart home provider, both as, uh, at different points, the chief marketing officer and chief product officer, building connected locks, lights, cameras, thermostats, etc. Always passionate about the home, always passionate about technology and how it can unlock the home experience. And so, so excited to now apply that in this really fascinating uh, second home, vacation home ownership space. Now, you both went to Brigham Young. Did you know each other at school? I would have never talked to Kurt. No, he was he he he, he, was, he was on the he, he was on the law school you know part of the campus. We didn't we didn't ever interact. No, no. We I think we went at different times, and I 
went to uh, grad school at uh, the University of Oregon, home of the Mighty Ducks. So I have some split uh, split uh, loyalties between the the duck and the cougar, but we make it work. Well, I, I won't invoke what Shakespeare said about lawyers because I don't want to hurt Kurt's, um, Kurt's feelings. <laughs> but actually, I, I'm sure that legal background actually comes in very handy the way you've kind of constructed Ember and some of the things we talked about the other day. Uh, during my initial briefing. But be, before we get to the heart of the questions, you know, one of the big, um, it's in your press release. Uh, you know, one of the big things that, that just stood out for me is that Ember is a so, has got a strong association with Peter Thiel, who's obviously got a larger than life reputation uh, in the tech space. It's t- t- again, I don't need to speak, to, speak for him uh, per, um, per se, but if he was on the podcast right now, what, what, what kind of, kind of, um, uh, initiated his interest in Ember and uh, why he wanted to get involved with it from a backing standpoint. Yeah, I think, um, I think so, Peter, if you look at kind of through his investment thesis over the past, um, you know, 20 plus years, like he, he's, he has an uncanny eye for, uh, for industries and asset classes and new uh, verticals that are emerging that end up becoming mainstream. And you can see that in digital payments um, from PayPal um, to, you know, uh, short-term uh, stays in Airbnb and, and others. Um, and uh, and so I think when he saw Ember, and, and again, not, you know, I obviously can't speak for him either, but I think, you know, the investment thesis is strong, which is, you know, we've shown in a very poor, short period of time that there's strong part of product market fit, that, that families and individuals are buying uh, Ember homes. And um, it just makes a lot more sense than the alternative which is to buy, you know, an entire vacation home um, or, you know, staying at Airbnbs in the same location where you're going multiple times a year. Um, And uh, so the thesis, I think, shared across the entire investor group is that this is the way people will own vacation homes and buy and sell vacation homes five, 10 years from now. And we're just at the very beginning of that um, and the cusp of that kind of next generation of vacation home ownership. Yeah, I mean, really, it's an incredible um, concept. We'll get into the in, into the nitty gritty right now. In fact, let, why don't we go right into that, guys? Is that you know, I guess the first topic is you know, why hasn't the vacation home ownership market gone not gone mainstream? And I'm not talking about casual condos, but you know, in very well-to-do um, areas, you know, a lot of folks. Obviously, affordability is always a big deal. I'm sure that will be one of the reasons. But you know, from your conceptual standpoint, you know, when you guys were constructing this, uh, this overall approach to the market, you know, what are some, what are some of the things that jumped out at you? Let me start with Jeff on that. Yeah. I mean, it's really been about the match of, uh, the available time that uh, folks have to actually spend in a second home, uh, matching up with the, the investments that they want to make in the second home. And heretofore, those have been incongruent. You may, you know, you may only have five or six weeks a year, but I don't want to own this thing outright and have it, you know, gather dust for the other you know, 45 or 46 weeks out of the year and worry about a second home and property taxes and payment and, you know, homeowners insurance and what happens if a pipe breaks and that, that whole thing. And so, and yet if it's only something you're going to go and enjoy maybe five or six weeks out of the year, that just didn't seem to sort of be able to line up. And so the major unlock here, the sort of hack that you're sort of seeing here, this sort of cheat code is that now we can finally align usage of the actual home with ownership of the home. So if I'm only going to be there five or six weeks out of the year, I want to be there 11 or 12 weeks out of the year, I can own one eighth of the home or I can own two eighths of that 
of that home. And in that way, I'm, I'm sort of taking on the burden of one eighth of the property taxes and one eighth of the property management. And, you know, that, that whole piece, it's like, a, it's a pretty tremendous unlock. And, you know, there really was not, um, you know, really up until very recently, any services that were making that turnkey for that, you know, everyday user, it's really tough to go, okay, now I got to go find seven friends who want to do this with me and who's going to write the operating agreement. And now we got to create an LLC. And now I got to go find a property manager. Now who's going to furnish it? Oh no, these house cleaners aren't good. I need to find better ones. It's like all <laughs> that stuff. Your second home can become a second job. And I think right. the thesis here and like, I'm always like, no, let's make it. So it's turnkey for them entirely, but so they can have all of the benefits of ownership to the extent that either they can afford it or have time available to do it mixed with the convenience of nightly rentals. So they just, it's clean when they're there. They don't worry about it when they're not. And this is where kind of those two Venn diagrams overlap and create something that's really, I think, um, uh, pretty special. Well, and the other question I have here, and this, I think this was the epiphany when we had our call the other day, while, you know, vacation home ownership is, you know, a dream that many, many families have. The reality is, is that when someone buys a second home, if they can afford it, a vacation home, they generally don't stay there, you know, five, six, seven months. They're only staying there a portion of the time. And there's all, you know, you listed in very good detail the kind of the, the, uh, the, the burdens that are associated with that. So let's talk a little bit about that, that, some of the data that you guys been able to unravel in terms of, well, you know, the fact of the matter is, even if you own 100% of a home, if you're only there X number of days, you know, that time that you're not there, it's kind of wasted expense frankly, in terms of financing the home if you're owning 100% of it. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, what, I mean, one out of every 10 homes in the U.S. is a second home. And on yeah. average, it's, it's occupied only eight, eight weeks a year. So you've got, you know, 10 million homes, you know, with 44 weeks each of just emptiness, gathering dust. So you add that up, it's 440 million weeks of vacant second homes across the U.S. today. And mm -hmm. so when, whenever you have strong demand for something and then lots of supply, what great businesses do is figure out a way for the demand to meet the supply and the supply to meet the, meet the demand. And that's where you get a service like Ember. And so, you know, one of the pieces that, that you know, really drives that as well is, look, in the post-COVID world, which we are gratefully beginning to emerge out of, there are things, uh, some nuances that we're never going to go back to. And that is that uh, remote work in, in at some level is here to stay. And so now when folks think about, okay, I might own a second home. Well, maybe in the year 2017 or 2018, they think, well, I get three weeks of PTO a year and I'd never use it. But now in this sort of post-COVID world where remote work has really been the standard, they're thinking, okay, yes, it's a vacation home and I will use it to relax and enjoy and it's, you know, recharge, et cetera. But also I expect for a good period while I'm there to be able to enjoy the climate amenities, et cetera, but also that I, I, I'm going to need to work. So I need, right. I'm going to need an office space and I want a one, one gig internet, et cetera. And if I can work there and vacation there in a destination place, I love to be, okay, now I can see it makes sense. I would be there six weeks a year or 12 weeks a year. And so we then allow them to sort of buy the amount of the home that they would, you know, sort of plan on using. Uh, throughout the year. And that, that's really kind of one of the tremendous unlocks. Uh, Kurt, anything else to add to that? I think you're on mute, Kurt. Apologies. So I think that covers it. I mean, I think the, you know, the, the big value proposition here is, um, you know, we're, we're making something available that wasn't previously available. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and by doing that, there's a tremendous amount of value in the unbundling of a whole home vacation home to eight different owners. Uh, because when was the last time you could get ownership in a two or $3 million home for 250 to $300,000? It didn't, didn't ever really exist. And so that's, that's the, you know, a big part of what Ember brings to the market. Let's uh, tee up the next topic here. So let's go right to it. The value proposition of Ember. I mean, clearly it, 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 this expands the market for, for, from my perspective in a pretty dramatic way. Um, it, it, it gets a customer who would never have been able to dream of being able to finance access to a vacation home uh, and lowers that bar dramatically. We talked about some of the, 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 um, the, the consequences or the implications as, as this kind of business model is rolled out. But let me start with you, Kurt. You know, if you had to succinctly say, here's what the value proposition of Ember is, how would you kind of um, uh, succinctly uh, describe it? Yeah, I think uh, I would say it's it's making something available that wasn't previously available that that most everybody wants. Um, you know, creating that vacation home ownership experience that uh, I mean, we're in this country, especially we we dream of home ownership. It's the American dream. It's what you know, we're taught from when we're, we're, we're young. Um, and that dream quickly, once you own your first home, or maybe even before you own your first home, <laughs> moves from your primary residence to your secondary. How many times do we find ourselves at night, you know, Zillow surfing, looking at opportunities or homes and markets where we want to be like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing to have a vacation home destination or a vacation home in that location? And, um, and, and then you start to get into it and it's like, oh, that home is really expensive or, it's expensive, but, and I can afford it, but I just won't use it enough to justify it, but I really do want it. And so you get, end up with these, you know, roadblocks, um, that Ember breaks down and, um, we'll take a, the home that you want in the area that you want, um, and make it affordable. And, um, you can, you can buy anywhere from one to four shares in that home. So you can have as much time in that home as, as you want. Um, that's right for your lifestyle. And, and then we abstract all of the, the stuff that goes into home buying that none of us like, like, uh, you know, documents, pages of documents and escrows and title. And we don't, you won't see any of it. It's super simple. You're basically buying a membership interest in an LLC when you buy with Ember. And, um, and it's the same side on the, the same experience on the flip side of that when you go to sell. Um, so that simplicity, that unlock of a, of an asset class that didn't previously exist. Um, those, and then that experience of owning without having to manage, that's like the real value prop in what right. brings to the market. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, there's really, a, there's a turnkey flavor to this that, that's very attractive. And that's the word I think is, is the appropriate word to use. But let's, you know, before we move on to the next topic, let's talk about that turnkey, you know, yeah. attribute that's so, that's so interesting about this. Yeah, it, it turnkey and consistently turnkey. And I think that's, really, we've all had that kind of nightly rental experience where like, you know, the the way the photos were taken and the description, and then you show up and you're like, wait a minute, what lens did they use to make this 400 square foot place look much bigger than that? And we've all kind of been bitten by maybe what we, you know, vacation time is, is you know, hard earned and we want it deployed well, and we don't want to be sweating and having problems. And like, and so when we book something and we get to it and it's not what we expect it to be, that's like, really frustrating and usually there's fee structures that are super high and you're paying all these like local vacation taxes and all these things so one of the things that our owners are coming to us for is like we want a place 
that is not just turnkey for us that we don't have to worry about, but every time we come down, we can, de we can depend on the experience that we're going to have. It's consistent. We know all the rooms. We know how they're appointed. We know, I mean, they're, they're assigning who's going to sleep where, what, uh, where, who will sleep where on their way down. You know, they can drive to it at, you know, on a last minute basis. And that like, it really is kind of that sort of family cabin experience. They're buying right. into this knowing, okay, we're going to be here five, six times a year for multiple years. And that's actually where the name Ember comes from. If you think about mm -hmm. kind of sort of the, the, the lasting radiance and warmth that comes from that ember in the fire. We think about the memories that, that these homes are really uh, the backdrop for over you know, kind of generations of time. And so they, they're building something that they want to be like a family heirloom that is really that stage for so many of these uh, life experiences. And so we've got to make sure that we deliver a consistently turnkey and wonderful experience every single time. And that's mm. part of kind of with our model, why we don't outsource a lot. You know, we do the property management ourselves because we want to make sure it's done really well. We like hand pick and vet each of our vendors, whether it's the pest control person or the, you know, pool maintenance person or whatever it is, just to make sure that, the quality of the service that we offer, not just when the home is turned over and sold on the first day, but for generations to come, continues to be a really exquisite experience. Right. So, I, you know, we're, we're, we've touched on a number of these subjects, but let's you know drill down specifically on some of the advantages of co-ownership, because for some people, this is a new concept. Um, again, you know, we talked about, you know, after, you know, we were, I was briefed the other day with both of you, you know, it, it, there's the time sharing kind of pops up into people's minds. We'll talk about that specifically in a second, because that really confuses, that really is a distract, not a distraction so much as, but it, that would, you, you're not fundamentally understanding what, what, um, Ember is accomplishing. It's, it's not a timeshare uh, type of thing, you know, in a, in a classic sense, but from your perspective, what are the two or three big advantages? Let me start with Kurt that, you know, the people can wrap their, their, their hands around from your, uh, your perspective, Kurt. Yeah, I think, um, I think specifically as it relates to the Ember co-ownership model, uh, one of the biggest advantages is just, it's just the simplicity and, and peace of mind that comes from it. You, mm -hmm. People are buying this home for a vacation. That's what they're going for. They're, they're going to have experiences and where, do we have most of our memorable ex experiences? It's with friends, it's with family, and it's often in our homes. And, um, you know, so what the co-ownership model does, and, and specifically the Ember co-ownership models, we abstract all the pain that kind of can come along with that, the challenges of, of that ownership and the headache, so that the only thing that the owner has to think about is when they're going and, uh, you know, who they're taking and what they're going to do while they're there for fun. Um, they don't have to think about any of the other things that come along with, uh, with, uh, home ownership. We take care of all that for them. And, uh, and like Jeff said, we just make that experience very predictable. And, and Jeff, the, rem the uh, remarkable thing is, and we talked about this the other day, is that your share, one share, one, the, the one eighth share in, uh, these, um, uh, co-ownership, um, models they will appreciate in value. They don't stay static. They don't stay flat. So let's talk a little bit about that because that's really a, that's a yeah. very nice, it's, it's that, that falls into the investment category. Yeah. And, um, you know, like all things someone might invest in, we, you know, there's, it, it's subject to the, has the market flows sure. things up and down. Of course. I think one of the yeah. benefits <laughs> is, is like, this is, this becomes a, 
uh, an asset that can be bought and sold actually through our own marketplace. So if you buy in at a share in the year 2022 and you decide after five years that you want to upgrade or downgrade or liquidate it, yeah, if the market gains that appreciation, you can turn around and then sell sell that share. And you know we're a licensed brokerage in the in the markets that we operate in, and so mm-hmm. you know, we're able to list it on their behalf. And and yeah, it, it, as real estate floats up, they're actually able to capture those gains, which is so. And we talk about this later. So atypical when you think about um, a timeshare, where you know you're lucky to even be able to sell it. But even if you do, being able to sort of capture gains in that process is sort of darn near impossible. Um, no, we're, we're going to get into that timeshare thing yeah. in a second. It, like, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the other thing that I would add, and I really like what Kurt said, is like when you think about advantages of at least the Ember co-ownership model is also just uh, the technology stack. I mean, the idea that you get the owners together and try them try to get them to predict a year out and draft weeks or commit to a fixed week is pretty silly. People yeah. have flexible lifestyles. They want to be able to pop the app open and as easy as it is to book an Airbnb. Click date, click date. It's available. Let's go. I'll pay the, you know, the cleaning fee and set you're off, you're off and running. That's as simple as we want to make it. And so for our, our buyers, yeah, if you buy a one eighth share, you get, you know, six, six days can be booked at any one time and 45 days in a year. And you make sure you get one of the kind of the one, one of the eight kind of big holidays in kind of any given year, but it really is flexible. And the calendar goes out two years at any given time. I was about to say that you you said you could go out as long as two years, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So at any given time, that calendar is about 50% free. Meaning, right. And so there's lots of kind of gaps in there for people to really utilize the asset. And so, you know, you, you may see other attempts at co-ownership and maybe small groups and little geos. And all they're really doing is selling an asset eight times. And then you're on your own. There's no tech stack. They're not going to manage it for you. They're just kind of aggregating the group. And, and our, our thesis has always been, we're not really a real estate company. We're an experienced company from your first you know, maybe experience with kind of one of our salespeople all the way down through purchase and your first stay all the way down to generations in the house of upgrade, downgrade or sell. It's tech enabled and seamless that that entire time. And that's why in most cases we've made a pretty incredible investment to have all of the people that represent those functions be our own internal employees who are right. committed to div, to delivering that experience from top to tail, as they say. Pretty interesting stuff here. And um, let's see here. The I guess, you know, one of the questions is, you know, and we talked about this yesterday because, again, if, if, if someone reads the press release really quick, they might think, well, this is just a timeshare deal. And it's not a timeshare deal. It's, it's different from timesharing. It's different from Airbnb in many, many specific ways. I mean, I, I shared with you, uh, both of you the other day, um, you know, my experience with um, um, a Disney timeshare that my family bought years ago. And it was an adventure. I'm being very kind to the Walt Disney Company about you know, having to sell that timeshare. But it's few, very few people. We certainly didn't, you know, read the um, the agreement in such tremendous detail because it probably would have, we probably would have been we probably would have looked at the timeshare deal back then with uh, a bit more uh, skepticism. But uh, how does it, you know, Kurt? How does it differ from air uh, timesharing and some and sometimes some of the traps that people run into with a timesharing type of arrangement? How would you distinguish it? Yeah. Um, so Ember is is not a timeshare, like you said, no. and uh, and like you, we're we're not fans of timeshare model either. I mean, most of us who've you know seen the model and the the high pressure sales tactics, and, and you know, it's just not it's not 
it's not attractive. Um, and so there's some very important distinctions and I'll, and I'll kind of go through some of those, you know, on the, on the first hand, with a timeshare, you're buying the right to use the property. Um, and, uh, and so with Ember, you're not buying the right to use the property. You're buying the property. Like it's an actual ownership interest in the, in the real estate. And that's a, a major distinguishing factor because, um, as we talked about earlier, as the values of that property goes up along with this, alongside the rest of the market, the owner gets to capture that upside. Um, when we sell the home uh, and bring in our owner groups, we don't retain, Ember does not retain any interest in that property, zero interest. It is that owner group's uh, home and they own hundred percent of it. And so uh, they hire us at that point to basically help manage it and provide the tech layer and um, but that's, that's one, you know, probably fundamental difference. Another big difference. And, and we talked about this is the scheduling with a, with a timeshare, typically you have 52 or more owners in that timeshare, um, with Ember it's two to eight. And that's a really important distinction because when you have 52 members in a timeshare, you are going to get a specific week and, you know, and that week is not flexible. So it's like, if you want to, um, you know, swap that week, uh, you have to find somebody to take it. You, I've, you know, you might see listings for them for sale to buy the week out. Um, that's not the Ember model either. So we are, you know, we provide the app. It's on demand. Um, you can come down for two nights this weekend if the home's available with just you and your spouse, or you can schedule a week, a year and a half in advance for the full family, re uh, family reunion. Um, um, and then, you know, there's a, there's a certainly like the quality component. Um, I think, you know, we probably, most people have stayed at a timeshare at some point and, um, Ember is a high-end home. It's a high-end home with high-end furniture and often amenities that would come with the resort. So if you're in a warm area, you're going to have a pool, um, and you're going to have a workstation as we talked about places to work from. And so that high-end home and the high-end kind of nature of the house is another distinguishing factor between um, Ember and uh, and the timeshare model. And, and Jeff, you know what's interesting to me as well. And we, again, we chatted about this the other day. Is that I think there's a behavioral thing about people who do the timesharing thing or the Airbnb in terms of, you know, people will be in an Airbnb and they'll they won't be as quite as uh, polite with furniture and they're you know it's I'm not saying that all Airbnb customers are you know, college party people, but there, I just think there's a mentality difference. And when people, if they have a one eighth stake in a property that you're probably going to get um, much more constructive behavior by the person who's done the financing. So w would you validate that, that you think that generally speaking, you know, probably um, in addition to the things that, um, that uh, Kurt said, you know, I, I think it's just a, a different mentality of someone who's going to jump into this, you know, just from a, just from a, from where yeah. they're coming from. Well, there's the old phrase, like, drive it like a rental. You know, this is the antithesis of that. And, uh, and, and so they own it like an owner. And it, it's actually kind of surprised us. I mean, we, we, we've already, like, there are, you know, five or six dozen families that are already in our, you know, have purchased ownership shares and staying in the home. And we're getting a pretty active feedback loop and, and actually pretty blown away by the feedback to date. And what, sometimes they'll call us and they'll say, hey, this this uh this thing got out of line uh you know uh but i just fixed it and so uh if it pops up again let me know and we're like well wait a minute wait we have a concierge service you just open up your app and 
chat with our agent and we'll be out there in a second. And it's like, no, I just want to fix it. And, <laughs> and that kind of blew us away, the, the sort of pride of ownership that goes in to that kind of thinking because they really, they, they, they own it. They're expecting to come back multiple times yes. and they're expecting to at some point be able to turn around and sell it. And they want to preserve and both grow the value of the asset as well. So it's definitely a different mentality. And it's also different in the way they invest in their communities. You know, if they're only stopping there one time, then okay, why bother to meet the neighbors? And they're going to see these people again. Let's party till all night and cops show up. Great. That's not how they think. It's the opposite. You know, it's uh it's uh, let's get to know them. We're going to be down here five or six times a year. And if they need us to bring in their garbage cans on a Monday morning, we'll do it. Or if we need to borrow some eggs, let's get to know each other, you know? And so you get a uh, much more of an investment into the, these local communities that they're in, which is totally different than kind of the renter right. mentality. So it's been actually yes. surprising and fun to see. I think the best of humanity come out in these moments, especially while we've all been cooped up in COVID for so long. <laughs> I think that's going to be interesting for you guys to track over time because I do think this is going to have a very beneficial impact as this model rolls out mm -hmm. in different communities. And I think, you know, a rising tide, you know, affects all boats. And I think it'll be a very, um, it'll be a big plus for the, for the communities that this shows up. And the last thing I want to chat on is, you know, what markets are Ember focusing on? Obviously people can go on, their, on your website and, and I wish, by the way, you'd had, you'd had the Jersey shore. I would have been all over that. You know, 25 years ago, I guess. But, Kurt, let me go with you for uh, your first answer. What markets you currently focus on? And then I'll let Jeff kind of talk about what markets you're ultimately expanding into. Yeah, so we are uh, we're in St. George, Utah, um, Park City, Utah, Bend, Oregon, um, and a couple other locations that we're starting to, to, to move into. Um, all these homes are on our site. Um, you can go to emberhome.com and, and see the markets we're in and, and the homes. Um, and I'll let Jeff kind of speak to the expansion, which is part of the, you know, purpose of this financing is it's a, an, an exciting element of the next stage of the business. How much inventory do you have and, and how many units are on that website right now, uh, number wise? I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of looking at it now in between, you know, homes that, that uh, are shares that we actively own and, and are selling as well as we, we have on our website, what we call potential buys, where we work with an agent in, in a market and say, wow, this is a really interesting house. We may not actually own it at that moment and, and work with uh, the, uh, the agents that if we get enough phone calls on it and the first two or three people sign up and say, oh, we'd love to own that place that we'll just buy it and then aggregate the, the rest of the buying group. So there's, there's, you know, close to 20 up there uh, between uh, owned and potential buys all across places like Bend, Oregon and Santa Fe, New Mexico, and all the way down to places like Galveston, Texas, Palm Springs. And as far as, you know, where, where, where we're going, I mean, anywhere where Americans are going to vacation, you're, you're going to see us. Um, certainly the coasts on both sides, but there's also kind of fun little pockets there where outside of, kind of major designated uh, kind of market areas, you know, you may get these kind of favorite little vacation spots like the Wisconsin Dells or Leavenworth, Washington, or the San Juan Islands kind of places like that, that are, that are really fun. And maybe not the first thing that you would think of, but they all have these awesome little kind of cottage communities with cabins and, and the types of places where you'd want to go five or six times a year and kind of build your family memories there. So many more coming. And one of the things why we're excited about this, financing is it it, it it allows us to accelerate not just going into markets and, and having owned real estate that we're that we're able to 
unbundle and sell to co-owners, but we create infrastructure in the markets that we go into. There are our employees, W2 employees in market, you know, dedicated home concierge that are in those markets, um, you know, dedicated sales and real estate folks that are in those markets. And so, you know, we don't just kind of show up and if you know, you got a problem and call the home office, we want local people <laughs> there to kind of, uh, work with you. And so I think we're measured about the markets that we go to because where we go into, we want to make sure that we have great people in full-time roles locally there. And so you'll continue to see more of that. We don't want to dilute the quality of the experience by racing out to a gajillion markets, but you know, not having someone there and time zone problems and blah, blah, blah. So we're we very excited about where we are. Deliver in organized fashion. I, and I agree with that. We've got about a minute left. Um, uh, Kurt, any closing comments? Yeah, Mark. So first, thanks for having us on. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a it's been a lot of fun to talk through the Ember model, and and um, you know we're just excited. We're excited about uh, Ember. We're excited about the value that we're bringing to our customers. Um, it's so fun as entrepreneurs and and at tech founders to see these families walk into these homes and um, and just you know that emotional moment when you've bought into something and and it's delivered and it's and it's you know better than expected. Um, and they get to share that moment with friends and family. Um, that's what the Ember experience is all about. It's about bringing people together to create lasting memories. And, um, and for us, it's about making that experience as seamless as possible. With this new financing led by Peter Thiel, who's an iconic uh, investor and entrepreneur, we are going to be expanding all across the country. And we're thrilled to see the Ember brand, you know, expand beyond where it is today and onto the, you know, coasts of, both sides of the country and then and then internationally as uh, the, the Ember model continues to grow. Well, Kurt, thanks very much for that. I wish you guys a lot of um, good luck. I think this is going to be totally disruptive in the marketplace. And um, I suspect you're going to have a lot of inventory on that site <laughs> over the next uh, several months. But you're doing it in a very organized and structured way. And I think that's the, uh, the right approach because you want to have people to have a remarkable experience uh, right from the uh, the get-go. But uh, Kurt, Jeff, thanks again for taking the time to join me for today's podcast. For our viewing and listening audience, thanks for making the Smart Tech Check podcast part of your day or commute. And please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vina Tech Guy. Until next time, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.